So hey there, welcome to episode 123 of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. Today we're going to continue on our conversation about low back love. So if you haven't tuned in to last week's episode 122, um, you might want to go back and listen to that one first, but I'm sure that this one will make sense in isolation. So if you want to listen to this one first and then do it out of order, that works too. All right, we're going to dive into that in just a sec. Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness Podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. All right. So episode 123. I really like that number. One, two, three. Uh, Very satisfying. Um, As I mentioned, we're going to continue on with our conversation around low back love. So if you listened last week um, or to last week's episode, you know that we've sort of started this conversation around some of the missing pieces of the like low back care puzzle. Um, And low back pain can feel like a bit of a puzzle, right? We can be like, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong or why does my body feel so broken or whatever the thing might be um, for you. And I see there being a few kind of elements that are just sort of missing from the conversation. Um, And I think that when we know some of these things, we can feel a little bit more agency over helping ourselves to feel better. One of the things that I hope for all of us is that we don't always feel like the only way to kind of like feel better is when somebody else fixes us. And that's going to be the topic of our conversation today, because I I see this a lot where people are like, oh, I hurt my back, but it's okay. I'll just go to the physio or the chiro or the massage therapist. Now, I want to preface this by saying with absolute clarity that I love hands-on therapy. I'm not at all suggesting that that is not needed or necessary or helpful. Quite the contrary, I think they're fantastic. So let's, I just want to make sure that I get that said at the outset, because when I say, you know, I don't want you to have to rely on that, that's not because those things aren't helpful, because they are, absolutely. Um, But what I think can sometimes happen is we come to believe that the only way to be fixed is when it happens to us, you know, somebody fixes us as opposed to us feeling like we have any capacity to make a change for ourselves or to make any kind of long-term impact on the way that we feel. So this is all leading up to the low back love workshop that I have coming up on the 4th of November. Um, So this this episode stands alone. You'll learn a lot from this episode and last week's as well. Um, But this is if this is an area that you either want to dive into further because you've got low back discomfort or pain that you want to work through. Or if you work with people who have low backs, um, you know, which is anyone working with other people's bodies, um, this could be really useful information for you as well. So if you want to sort of dive deeper, come and join me for that workshop. It is a live online workshop, but it will be recorded. So if you can't join me live, you can watch it, you know, on the replay anytime that suits you. So let's talk about this idea of like, 
who is able to fix you. So I have absolutely been in a situation before where, and, and for me, it was my neck. I'd get to a point where I had so much neck pain that I felt like I was completely unable to do anything until I could go and get fixed. And for me, getting fixed was getting cracked, right? So like I would go and get my neck adjusted. And this was a cycle that I was in for a really long time. And it, you know, the cycle was at different lengths of time. Like it wasn't necessarily always like every month, but sometimes that is where we, where we land, right? We might just have a repeat appointment with our provider of choice who we just go to, to get fixed. And you know, anyone who's been to a physiotherapist or a chiropractor or an osteopath or a massage therapist, very often they will give you homework of some sort or another. They'll give you, you know, practices to do. They'll give you exercises to do. The rate at which people like adhere to that, like actually do what the, what the professional has suggested is quite low to my understanding. And I was thinking about this because from the point of view of a low back discomfort, there's heaps of stuff that we can do through movement to make a difference to how that plays out. And yet, you know, for most of the people in my life who experience low back pain or discomfort or tension, whichever word, you know, makes sense to them, um, they are in this like loop where it's the, it's the professional who fixes them and that they're kind of just resigned to that being the reality. And so I really think that if we are in that model of care, we really need to start asking some questions because when we like live in our bodies, but we think that somebody else has the power to, to change our reality and we don't, I think that's a really um, important thing for us to question. And I think that, you know, if we re- reconsider this idea of like maybe your your physiotherapist or whoever has given you some homework or maybe they've said, you know, the next best thing for you to do is go to that local Pilates class or the yoga class or the weight training class or whatever to build some core strength. And I, I don't know if our reason for not um, doing the homework is actually because we're like lazy. You know, people say, oh, I didn't really do my homework. I'm so lazy. Is it that or is it that we actually don't believe that we have any like control over what the outcome will be? The thing with movement is that it tends to be like a long, like it is a long game. You know, we don't just move for a few minutes every day for five days and then be like, okay, well, I'm done problem solved. Now I don't need to worry about this ever again. We move for our whole lives and our movement practice really, really has the potential to be something that is a staple in our lives. But I think we want quick fixes. We want to just be like, I have a problem. This is how I fix it. And then I move on with my day. And so I think part of the thing with that sort of like non-adherence to, to the exercise is that we don't see it like that. We don't see it as being just this ongoing way of caring for ourselves. But I also think that maybe at times we don't actually believe that we have any ability to change the way that we feel through movement. Like it's actually the only possible way is when somebody else fixes us. 
because I think underneath it, we just, we don't trust our body. We don't trust ourselves to use our body in a way that is therapeutic. And I think that this is a really important missing piece because if we believe we have to be acted upon, right, like someone has to do something to us for it to make a difference to the way that we feel, it's going to make a difference to whether we choose to show up for movement or not. And it's going to make a difference to how that movement plays out. It always matters what we, th- what we think. And we as humans have a negativity bias that is just true, right? Like, you know, some people certainly have a bit of a glass half full versus cl- or, you know, or a glass half empty. That seems like a really hard thing to say. Um, <laughs> it feels like a tongue twister today. But some people do have, you know, perhaps just a, a more um, cheery kind of outlook on life. But on the whole, we all have a negativity bias because we're all moving through the world looking for things that potentially threaten our survival. And so the way that we think, you know, maybe our default a lot of the time is negative. We see the things that could harm us. We see the things that we're not doing right. We see the, all the ways that we could be potentially failing and we feel them as threatening. But we get to choose like what of the, which of those thoughts we're going to buy into. We get to choose which ones we're just going to let kind of play out through that negativity lens. And we get to choose which ones we're going to question and, and change. And I think if we truly believe that we can't impact how we feel, then why would we persist with any kind of movement practice if we don't think it's going to work? If we really think that we don't have any capacity to change the way that we feel and we need to get up on that treatment table before it's going to make a difference, then we've already kind of limited our capacity to help ourselves because we don't think it'll work. And so, you know, this idea that it can be both and, I always like to loop back to this. It's one of my favorite simple statements, both slash and. We tend to, and, and, you know, this comes back to my disclaimer at the beginning where I said, like, this is not me poo-pooing on hands-on therapy because I think hands-on therapy is phenomenal, but it can be both. And we don't, we, we, we really don't want to be chained to a treatment table as our only method of self-care. Um, so how can those two things go together? And so one of these one of the um, things that I was thinking about in relation to this sort of element of like the secret ingredients for looking after our low back is really understanding that, you know, we don't need fixing. I think when we have this sort of vision of like, I just need to go and get fixed. It's like there's this underlying belief that we're broken and somebody else can put us back together And then we can go out into the world until we break again. And then we need to go and get, you know, patched up again. And honestly, I think a lot of us walk around with this, this way of seeing ourselves. But what if you don't need fixing in the first place? What if instead of having this kind of like broken slash fixed um, perspective, we see ourselves as you know, integrated humans. So we are not like our our mind and our body are not separate kind of things. We are fully kind of like integrated. What if we don't need fixing, but we, what we actually need is more kindness towards ourselves. And I want to 
create like a distinction here between being kind and being nice because kindness really and truly often looks like doing hard things. It is, you know, we hear this kind of like tough love or cruel kindness. Those sayings make sense because kindness, the kind thing isn't always the easy thing or the non-challenging thing or the thing that is nice. You know, something that is incredibly kind is showing up for ourselves day in and day out. Well, not day in, day out. Day after day is the one I was looking for there. To move our body in response to how we feel, to do those potentially monotonous um, self-care things that keep us functioning well. But that is absolutely harder to, like, comprehend. No, comprehend is not the right word. It's not hard to comprehend. It's hard to, like, digest, I think, sometimes. Because, like, what, you want me to do this all the time? You want me to do this forever? Are you sure? (laughs) Like, you know, anyone with like even just a a little bit of like, oh, I don't really like to plan in advance. And this is me, right? Like I'm not, I'm, I have, I've been married for a really long time. So I'm not, I wouldn't say I have commitment issues, but I have absolutely got like long-term planning issues. I don't love it. And I, I get it because, you know, it's like, I I don't want to commit long-term to, to things, but I think, um, And even as I say that, I'm like, that's actually not true. I commit long-term to lots of things. But anyway, I digress. Not the point of what I'm saying. Um, But it's certainly easier to digest that we can go from broken to fixed by lying for half an hour on somebody's treatment table than to think I have to show up for movement every day for the rest of my life. I can see how that's a little bit overwhelming. But, you know, if we think about I don't need fixing, I need, like, consistent self-kindness it gives us a different vantage point. Um, the other thing that's really kind is understanding that there is no set of goalposts that is like representative of the final finishing line for, you know, once I was broken and now I'm fixed. Our bodies change. Our bodies are constantly adapting to the environment that we're in. And so, you know, even if we think about like the things that we do with our body all day, We should not be surprised that at the end of a day of sitting at our computers and at our desks and feeling stressed because, you know, we're trying to juggle homeschool and and work from home and uh, the phone call coming from, you know, people who need your help and all these things. We shouldn't be surprised at the end of that day that we feel not great in our physical body because we haven't given the input into our body that would change that reality for us. Um, but for some reason, we've come to believe that that is a representative, representative, rep, oh my goodness, representative of us being broken and somehow faulty and in need of fixing rather than just going, this is a really fair outcome for the way that, you know, I've used my body today. And that's where we start to see this as like a long-term commitment because I'm not going to completely uproot my whole life to never sit at a computer or to um, never experience stress because how in the world would we even do that? It's not about just kind of like having perfection everywhere that we look. It's like, okay, this is how I used my body today. What do I now need to do to help me be in this perpetual act of balancing out um, you know, how I'm using my body in order to feel the way that I want to feel. And when it comes to our low back, 
circling back to the sort of the topic of um, of this series of being particularly about low back love. Um, there are so many simple little things that we can do for ourselves on a you know day to day basis that we I think we get that they're simple, but because they're so long term, because there is so like little um, magic bulletness about them that we're like, ah, I'll just go get fixed. But what if, you know, you didn't have to feel broken? What if there was a way of seeing yourself through this lens of, you know, full humanness rather than being something broken in need of fixing? So that was a lot of words. Um, (laughs) I think I would love to know what you think about this, because this is going to be a little part of what we talk about in the workshop. Um, In the workshop, we're going to cover a a lot of um, little pieces of this low back love puzzle. And, you know, part of it is in the actual ways that we're moving. Part of it is absolutely like excuse me, this topic of like, how are we actually thinking about what our pain represents or what our um, discomfort or like the fact that we constantly seem to fall back into this cycle, understanding like how, what we're making that mean, I think is really important. Um, as I'm talking, I'm trying to open a document and I keep opening the wrong one. Um, but I just want to give you an idea of a couple of the other things that we're going to be talking about, because it is a huge topic and um, there's so much to share, but a lot of them are really simple ideas that I just think get missed in the, um, it, you know, in this kind of model of the only solution is just to be acted upon by someone else. That's something I love about the work that I do is I don't touch you, all right? Like I'm not acting on your body. I'm relying on your ability to sense and feel what I can help you to sense and feel through what I can see and, and you know, what, um, what presents as you move. But ultimately, you are doing the thing. You are doing the work. And that is incredibly important. So um, as I said, we're going to talk about this, what we've just talked about today, why it's so important to kind of like be conscious of what you actually are believing behind all of this. We're going to talk about some um, kind of like fundamentals of pain science. We're going to talk about some really important postural and alignment ideas, recognizing that posture and alignment um, do matter, but maybe not in the way that you think. We're going to talk about how we actually do the retraining of our movement blind spots. And as I said, we're going to talk about um, and experience some actual practices um, so that you can feel how this translates into movement and things that you can be doing for yourself um, every day or every other day. Right. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be complicated. It certainly doesn't have to take a long time, but it does. There is so much. Um, that you can be doing for yourself that I think we miss. And we only miss it. Sometimes I think part of the reason that we miss out on these things isn't because we don't know what to do, but we we might get frustrated because we're kind of like we do the thing that we've been told to do. You know, we've been given our homework, we go and we do it, and we get frustrated because what we were told would happen doesn't happen. 
And that is an incredibly frustrating place to be, right? It's like, just go do these 500 bridges and um, core strengthening things, 25 dead bugs and da 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 and, and that will solve your problem. And we do those things and we come back and we're like, well, that didn't work. What was I missing? What Like, obviously I am broken because the thing you told me would fix didn't fix. So, like, maybe I am broken. But the thing that gets missed so often, and I don't know if it's because you know, our time in the treatment room is really short. I don't know if it's because we just, you know, it just gets missed. I don't know if it's because we don't know how to sense it and feel it because we haven't been taught. I don't know exactly what it is that that creates this sort of missing piece. But there are some really simple alignment um, things that if we aren't getting right, and I use that word cautiously because I there's lots of ways to get it right, but there's also ways to to miss the opportunity to actually be doing what you intend to do. So, you know, core strength, core stability, we often don't hold our body in a way that is actually conducive to building that core strength in the way, in a way that will help your low back feel better. But that often gets missed purely because we're like, we're kind of blinded by the actual movement um, that's been prescribed as opposed to, but how do I know that I'm doing it? in a way that actually matches the intention of that movement. And this is going to be a big part of what we cover because, you know, a dead bug, which for anyone who doesn't know what a dead bug is, it's lying on your back, arms and legs in the air, and you kind of reach one arm and the opposite leg away from your midline um, to create a little bit of effort in your core. A dead bug is not just a dead bug. You can do a dead bug without doing much of anything to your core. Like you really can. So let's just say you've been told the dead bug is going to be the thing that solves all your problems and you go away and you do 500 of them a day, which would be quite the effort. But anyway, you go away and you do the thing that you've been told to do. You come back and you're like, my back hurts more. Well, have you been doing your dead bugs? Yes. Hmm. Maybe you are broken. But we miss the piece in the middle where it's like, but hang on, do you even know what you're supposed to be feeling? How do you know that you're kind of like ticking the box of, yeah, this is because it's not the movement. Like the movement is the the point in the sense that it's the movement that creates the the outcome, I guess, or the connection and the um, the possibility in the body. But just saying, put your arm to the left or take your arm overhead or do the thing, isn't the whole picture. And I think the nuance gets lost sometimes because the people prescribing them don't don't know about the nuance or they, they can't see it in your body. Um, and sometimes I think just because we just forget that there is nuance there because, you know, it, it seems simple enough. But if you're not getting the results, you know, if you're not actually moving away from pain into something that feels more um, functional, then we want to look at that, right? So anyway, that was um, a bit of a, a, a brain dump of what to expect in the workshop, but hopefully also helpful on its own in the sense that, you know, are you holding a belief that the only way to solve your low back problem is to be acted upon by somebody else? And, you know, if that is true, really kind of like taking a step back from that and questioning it because, we want agency. Like we want to feel like we have a connection with our body that allows us to make change. 
and to be responsive to the way that we feel. We have absolutely been conditioned and taught to outsource the care of ourselves to people who know better. But what if they don't know better? Who knows better than you what you're experiencing? And so, you know, my invitation today is if that resonates with you, if you're like, yeah, actually, I I really do believe that my only way to feel better is to be acted upon by somebody else. I'm not saying don't do that. People helping you like that is actually amazing and it's great. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying to stop, but what I am suggesting is looking at the, um, I guess the homework or the things that you can be doing for yourself as well. It's both and to be able to feel like you have more autonomy, more agency over the way that you feel. And of course, if you want to know more, if you want to dive into this a little bit deeper, um, come and join me for that workshop. I am going to go over a lot of information in that 90 minutes. There's going to be movement and theory. I'm going to be honest, it's probably going to be closer to a two hour workshop because, um, you know, we've been talking for 25 minutes and barely scratched the surface, but I'm going to make it, uh, you know, really easy to understand, but Just bring together some of those missing pieces that you can then start to put together for yourself um, to start to play with, to see like, yeah, where might I be missing just some simple but really profoundly impactful pieces to help myself feel better. So to find out more about the workshop and to book your place, you just want to go to the link that's in the show notes and I'll read it out to you as well. It's a, it's a nice, simple one. It's just on my website. So it's ericawebyoga.com.au forward slash low back love workshop. And that's all one word, all lowercase. Um, as I said, the workshop is running on the 4th of November, 2021 at 10am, uh, 10am, no, it's 11am, I think, um, Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, there will be a recording, there will be a replay, so you absolutely don't have to join me live. But of course, I would love to see you and be able to kind of answer your questions in real time as well. Um, and there is a cost associated with the, the workshop. It's a $40 workshop for the um, the 90 minutes, two hours. You do get the replay and um, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a really, really useful, um, really useful couple of hours for you to experience. So if you've got any questions, you can absolutely come on over and find me. I'm on Instagram at Erica Web Yoga. Um, you can email me as well, Erica at ericawebyoga.com.au. And if you've got questions that have like arisen from, from the topic of today, um, which I do realize was a bit of a winding road, but hopefully came together and made sense. Um, I'd love to hear from you. So I look forward to hearing from you. If you've got any questions, I'm looking forward to jumping back on next week, but until then, keep being kind to yourself and I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Web Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. And over on my website, you'll find access to some free resources, including free classes that will help you to move well, feel well, and most importantly, move with kindness. Over there, you'll also find more information about joining me inside the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is my home of kindness 
mind movement, yoga, Pilates and somatics to help you move well, feel well and all with kindness. Until next time, I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.